myself as a manager, one of the things that I had to manage was I cared about the people. Mm -hmm. I cared about what was happening in their lives and did my best to connect with them about that. Recently, I did a presentation at a women's leadership conference, and it was titled Being a CEO. And it wasn't about chief executive officer, chief empathy officer, about learning how to empathize with your team, with your clients, with your community, with your family. How do you show the quality of empathy, which very clearly has shown that is how you break through the resistance, through the anger, through the sadness, is showing people that you understand and maybe you've been through it yourself. Welcome to Manager to Manager, a podcast about the experiences of people leaders and how we can enable them to lead engaged, healthy, and high-performing teams. I'm Kamaria Scott, your host, and I'm thrilled to have you join us as we learn, lead, and succeed together. Welcome to another episode of Manager to Manager. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest. It's interesting how life works sometimes. You will meet someone during a circumstance and then time will pass and then you'll meet them again. And it's probably just a sign from the universe that it's time to reconnect and share stories about what's happened in the meantime. So today's guest is Dr. Pat Baxter. And she and I met many years ago when we both were working for the same organization that was getting ready to go through a layoff. And I re-encountered her again years later as I was going through my third layoff. And that sparked this conversation that you're going to hear today. So welcome, Dr. Pat, to the show. So wonderful to be here. We've waited a while to do this, so I'm ready when you are. Very exciting. Again, many years ago, we worked for the same organization. It must have been, gosh, 2000 and I want to say maybe 13. Mm -hmm. And then accounted each other again this year in 2023. So it's been 10 years. So it's been years that it's been since we've seen each other. Tell me a little bit about you, what you've been up to, and and what you're doing now. Well, now I'm talking to you, so I'm (laughs) glad about that. (laughs) In the interim, many things, personal and professional, my focus for the last eight years has been on growing my own coaching endeavor. And so I've been working with senior level executives and mostly women leaders, because that's been my focus ever since I did my doctoral research on emotional intelligence. And I was frankly very curious to learn more about emotions. When I was growing up, we had an uncle who lived with us, Uncle Albert, and uh, he saw He pretty much saw my meltdowns. He saw my meltdowns. He saw my sobbing. He saw my anger. He always said to me, Patty, you're too emotional. Mm. And you hear that long enough. Many times you start to realize, maybe I'm too emotional. So if I'm going to get along in this world, I'd better push it down. And that's exactly what I did. Interesting. What's so interesting about that is that as we are humans, we bring our whole selves to work and we are humans that are leading teams. And so we go through a plethora of things in the work environment that cause, that trigger emotions in us. And so 
it's really important for us to figure out how to navigate those things. So I want to just maybe take a uh, dive into your experience as a people leader, because you brought yourself and all your emotions to work and you also were leading teams. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, certainly one, one of the things that was interesting for me is um, I worked on Wall Street in the late 90s, and it was a time where obviously there was a tremendous amount of change going on, a lot of it instigated by technology. Technology was making us do business differently with different people in different cultures and faster and faster and faster. So, and we were still humans coming into that process. I worked with Deloitte, and one of the things that we focused in on was helping organizations and their leaders help their organization move forward with the technology. Now, the organization, last I looked, is full of people. I think you're right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and and so what I would do with my team and they would do with their teams is help the leadership, first of all, accept that you're leading people, you're leading humans, and the humans come equipped with emotions. I have this discussion with a, a lot of people about we have emotions for a reason, uh -huh. and that is to be able to connect with one another and also connect with ourselves. So first of all, accepting that you are an emotional being is a very important part of the process. Then to develop a toolkit of ways to manage your own emotions when you're caught up in the process and to help others manage their emotions and come out with the most beneficial outcome that's possible. But at the core of this, is we're human and we have emotions. Once we get through that, we're kind of halfway there. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that might trigger those emotions. So one thing you just said was, you know, we have to first deal with our own emotions and then we have to help others deal with their emotions, right? I think that's kind of the core of emotional intelligence. And as managers, I would pause it. Good people leaders have high emotional intelligence and so they're able to deal effectively with their emotions and they're able to help people navigate their own. Sometimes I think we might forget, though, that they are humans and we there's an inundation of things that cause emotional triggers. You know, again, as I mentioned, you and I met for me in the middle of two different layoffs. So I was a manager uh, where we first worked and was told I was being laid off. And I handled that probably looking back less graciously than I would have liked. And then I was a manager just now and my third layoff, I say, if I get two more, I should get a fruit basket. But this last layoff, I also had to talk with my team about leaving the organization. And I, it's interesting in that 10 year period, learned to manage my emotions very differently. In this instance, I was grateful to have a leader who allowed me to take about a week or so to process what I was going through before I had to share the news with my own team. And so what are your thoughts about what triggers managers? What are some of the stressors that they're, they're working to? And then giving them the opportunities to work through their own emotions. Kudos to your leader who saw that this was something they could contribute to the process to help you with a very difficult task. I've been through it myself where you have to share some tough news and people immediately go to what happens to me. So kudos to your leader. One of the things that 
I have learned along the way is, yes, we all have triggers. The number of different triggers that we can have are almost endless. And, you know, I'm thinking about the changes that have happened in the last three years to all of us. We have, we have had to do business differently with different people. We, we gain some, we lose some. We had personal losses as well as professional losses. All those triggers are ones that keep us from really feeling like we're making progress and we have some control. The stressors on managers are endless. And I know you feel this way too, but myself as a manager, one of the things that I had to manage was I cared about the people. Mm -hmm. I cared about what was happening in their lives and did my best to connect with them about that. Recently, I did a presentation at a women's leadership conference, and it was titled Being a CEO. And it wasn't about chief executive officer, chief empathy officer, about learning how to empathize with your team, with your clients, with your community, with your family. How do you show the quality of empathy, which very clearly has shown that is how you break through the resistance, through the anger, through the sadness, is showing people that you understand and maybe you've been through it yourself. I love the concept of a CEO, a chief empathy officer. I know that a lot of managers are feeling empathy fatigue. We've been through this pandemic. It's now been a smooth three years of constant, unprecedented times where managers have had to really empathize and they're tired at this point. Yeah. The wear of empathy, I think, is is something that is high for managers right now. How do they navigate that? How do they work through, gosh, I've been empathizing for three years? Mm. Well, one of the first things is that the first person who should receive your care and your empathy is you. We're hearing so much. I know you're hearing a lot about self-care. Yes. And that, you know, it's okay to take a break. It's okay not to return that call. <laughs> it's okay not to look at your email <laughs> at 1130 at night, which I don't know about anybody else, but sometimes I was compelled to do. Sure. Taking care of yourself, knowing your own limitations, I guess has become sort of an art form. You have to tune in here. I know I've gone too long without some self-care when I start to get angry at everything. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. The sun, the sun came up. Darn you, sun. I don't like you. You know? Yes. That's my signal. There's been too much going on for me. And I need to start putting like a sieve uh-huh. underneath everything that's coming down at me and really just hold on to what's really mission critical for me. That's how you get through it. You take care of yourself. You take care of those who are closest to you. Mm-hmm. And frankly, a piece of self-care is letting a lot of other stuff go. I like what you said about self-care and and also being in tune with yourself because I can think of an incident when I was with my team and I probably had too many days of not getting enough sleep, of working too many hours, 
of maybe, you know, trying to catch everything for everybody. And I was in this meeting and one of my directs said something and I, and I snapped at her and I was taken back by my own behavior, but it was interesting for me because to your point, knowing the signs within yourself, the, when you're irritable or when you are, are feeling yourself out of character. And of course, I apologize immediately and profusely, but being aware and checking in with yourself is really important in managing and knowing when you might have empathy fatigue or you might have overexertion from the emotions you're experiencing from some of the changes and things that we're going through. Are there any tips or techniques or things that you have honed, developed that work for you in checking in with yourself? So we can give them like pragmatic here are like three things you can do to really just check in with yourself to know the signs to look for that maybe it's time to just pause and deal with the you before you start dealing with other people. What would those two or three things be? Well, anyone who works with me as a coaching client knows, and I say this upfront when we start working, journaling. Journaling is a powerful tool for helping yourself manage at first, it goes on the paper, goes no place else. Nobody right. else hears it. Yeah. Nobody else sees it. And there's been so much research now, particularly from, from Harvard, about how the higher up you go in an organization in terms of a scope of responsibility of the size of the group that you have to manage, the more important journaling becomes because you get it down on the paper and then you you are the sole judge of whether that has to be spoken aloud. You know if it's really hurting or it's poisoning all the work that you're doing. So that's the first thing. One of the other things for us to remember as managers, frankly, is it's not that complicated. <laughs> it's not. It's not that complicated to show your team, to show your leaders to show anybody in your 360 that you care and in ways that don't have to lead to empathy fatigue. Mm. I wrote a book called 101 Ways to Develop an Awesome and Resilient Team. And it's a practical little book. A lot of people have found very useful. And uh, the, the book is, is filled with all kinds of little things. It's not, like I said, it's not complicated. Right. Uh, so that that's a, another thing. And I think we have to each define what empathy is for us and how we express it to someone else. And one size does not fit all in the world of empathy. So it's a matter of understanding that you don't have to crumble mm. when you are expressing care for another person. Even just saying, tell me more, tells the person that you, you're listening and that you care what comes out and what they say. So I have found those three words very powerful. Tell me more. I like it. So journaling to figure out and to work through and acknowledge what you might be feeling, checking in with yourself. And, I, and I'm and i a journaler. I do. I've got stacks upon stacks upon stacks of journal and that, yeah. but it absolutely went to the journal. And then that expressing empathy in a way that doesn't necessarily mean you're shouldering everything, but it's really just acknowledging that you're listening to them, you're hearing them, 
um, is another good sign. So I love that. So we talked a little bit about managers being able to sort of work through some of the things that cause emotions to come up in them, mergers and acquisitions, constant change, and why it's important to do that. And I know that you and I, when we, when we first started planning to have this conversation, mm-hmm. and, and I just gave an example of what happens when we don't manage emotions well, what are some of the things that we do see in managers when they don't manage these emotions well, when they are pushed down? I think you said in your story earlier, you know, someone said to you, you're too emotional, and then you push them down. What is the impact that we see on managers? And if, and if there's examples from your own experience of how you were impacted either personally or how it impacted your ability to lead a team when you didn't deal effectively with some of the emotions you were feeling. First and foremost, there is an element in our lives that we have to take such care of, and that is our health, our physical health and our definitely our mental health. We have the most amazing tool here between our ears. I've studied what the brain is capable of, and I still don't think we know anything about how our brain functions and how it it manages everything. But I believe that once we are aware of the power we have in our brains and know that we basically are in control you mentioned sleep before. Things won't go well if you don't sleep more than an hour and a half in a night. So knowing how to manage our sleep cycles, encourage us to relax. A lot of people find hobbies. I mean, it sounds quaint, but Mm -hmm. hobbies are something that you can use to release concerns and release Mm -hmm. creativity. Sometimes as a manager, we don't get the chance to be very creative. Would you agree? I actually would agree. I think a lot of what we are tasked with is managing the process, running the reports, managing the team. And so finding it, if you want to be creative, you do have to find those deliberate opportunities. And which is interesting that you say that because naturally I am a creative. And, and I'll tell you, one of the things that was a gift in this last layoff was being deliberate and saying to myself, I want more creativity. I think in the stressors that I was personally feeling, I feel like you're coaching me in this call, <laughs> you know, was that I, I wasn't doing enough creative work anymore. I wasn't doing things that brought me joy anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think what's so important about that, what that's kind of bringing up for me is that you can't give people what you don't have. And so wanting, and that's really, again, the crux of emotional intelligence, right? If I I have to manage me first and then maybe I can help and give it to others. And so if I am missing the creativity that I need and I am missing the joy and work that I, that I need, it's very difficult for me to motivate other people and to give them what they need and to encourage it in them. And so how to help them find creative ways to do their work. And I think that's why it is so important that we take the time to focus on ourselves to really understand ourselves, what, how we experience the world of work, because it, it influences how we're able to then influence yeah. the world of work for others who report to us. If we get the gift to know ourselves very well and know what brings us joy and what allows us or enables us to bring joy to others, that's such a gift. For me, when, when I was managing a team, one of the things that I liked to do was 
cook for my team. I bring in cakes and I bring in dishes. I bring in a lot of the, the meals my mom used to make. Yo soy Latina, so I know how to cook. And so I bring in things to show people this I do for you. And that's because I care. Yeah, I really do. And it's my expression. It's my it's my emotional expression for people. And I do it to this day. You know, when you come into my house, you're going to eat. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So managers should find their emotional expression. And that can be different. I look, I love, and I love that you said that because I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot cook. I am a home chef kind of girl. I need the cards with the pictures and the ingredients in the back. Like I need it all just laid out for me. Right? But my emotional expression to my team is different. I am the person who is going to listen. You, I'm going to brainstorm with you and kick around mm -hmm. whether or not I'm going to be your solution partner. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to coach you through whatever that is. And we're going to kick it around until you find a solution that works. And so I do love the idea of managers thinking about what is going to be your emotional expression of how you care for your team and figuring out a way to do it that feels right and comfortable for them. It was fun for for all of us actually on my team to bring in something, you know, mm -hmm. to eat, to share, to share a meal. You can't find a more wonderful way to connect than sharing a meal. We sit down, we we are eating, we're laughing, we're saying, "Wow, how did you make this?" or "Oh, that's interesting." Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, been there. So, you know, having that kind of outlet helps everybody manage the stressors. And of course, there is the fact that we have endorphins that are released in our brains when we're, we're smiling, when we're laughing. I love that. So my way of caring is solution partner, your way is cooking. I know you've had exposure to lots of leaders over the years. Have you seen any other examples show up in how managers might express their care to their teams? Mm. Well, over the years, certainly I have seen managers literally take everyone out of the office, put them in cars or buses and take them somewhere else. So that the physical environment changes. And when that happens, there's a shift in us. One of my my best leaders ever. I would follow him. As a matter of fact, I did. I followed him to three companies. Wow. Yeah, I did. Three companies. He came into my little office and he said, you have no light in here. And the guy goes out and buys me a a lamp and make sure that the light is bright enough so that I can see. And it was like, wow. So that had a real big impact on me. My leader came in, looked at in my environment based on what he knew, said, you know, let's change this because yeah. I care. What does that look like in today's virtual world? How does someone show and express care for people that they have maybe never even seen in person. Oh, yeah. We have that matter in spades. In January, I published an ebook about being a leader in a hybrid environment and how critical it is for you to not have a out of sight, out of mind mindset, rather having 
regularly scheduled discussions, including people. I've had meals with clients on Zoom just to have that kind of connection. I've also encouraged managers to be very expressive. You have a camera, show your face, show the smile, show the, hmm, I'd never thought about that. So that the person on the other side of this lens says, oh, good, I have their attention. The facial expressions, the tone of voice, the props sometimes that you want to have nearby. I'm sure you've gotten on Zoom calls and you see something in the frame of the other person and you go, oh, that's interesting. Take a look at that. What is that? Connecting with people and saying, I see more than you as part of my team. I see you as a member of a family. I see you as a member of a community. I see you mm-hmm. as a, you're in, an individual with interest and expression. So those kinds of things and actions will help managers connect. I once had a team that literally were in nine different countries. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is something. I can only imagine the time zone dance you had to do in order to make time for everyone and get everyone on the same page. And everybody had a different agenda and particular interest. And it was quite a dance to provide everyone with, first of all, relevant stuff to the role, regardless of where they were in the world. And to provide everyone, if nothing else, a mini platform to express what's going on for you. What have you, what have you seen? What do you think we should know about? All right. You're in Sweden. Got it. How about us in in South America? What should we be looking for? There was a, there was a lot of work that my team in particular was doing in terms of an employee handbook. And boy, that was interesting. I learned a lot of things about Amsterdam. I did not know. Interesting. Um, (laughs) So it was an education for me. but And that's another thing too. One of the reasons I brought that up is having a community effort, something that everybody participates in, regardless of your time zone, regardless of your mother language. It's something that we all can connect to. And the next times that we get together, we'll be able to connect on that alone. And that was... That handbook yes. kept me up a lot of times. I and so I love I love that you're sharing this because I'll tell you one of the things that is a habit or practice that's really important to me when I lead a team is to make sure that there is some sort of team project. And oh, yeah. in my last organization, we had exactly that. We had this task to be able to diagnose all of the things that were coming out of HR to figure out whether they were effective or ineffective. So collect the data to have a heat map to say, here's where we need to improve or here's where things are working well. And my whole team came together to work on this project. And what's interesting is that we didn't even finish the project. So as you know, priorities change, goals change. And so Mm -hmm. we started this project, we worked really, really hard on it. And then the project was sunset. And one of the things I said to my team was, as they were sort of feeling a certain way, was don't worry about it. Because what came from us having that project was we got to know each other really well. 
We got to know each other's work habits really well. So we knew who was good at what. It was amazing to see different people's skills and strengths come together and who you could go to for what and their perspectives on things. And, and as you mentioned, we were able to then gel because there was this community. There was this thing that we all worked on and you could see people's pride in their part. But the outcome was not necessarily the thing we were supposed to do. It was us, the cohesion as a team and how through that work, we learned to understand and care for one another and trust one another as a team. If you're a manager listening and you want to figure out how to bring your team together, it is figure out a team project for people to work on. Even if, as you mentioned, long-term and on different time zones, but connecting people through the work is super important. Absolutely. It's giving us purpose. Why am I here? And why am I on a call to Manila at one o'clock in the morning? (laughs) You know, because we have a mutual purpose that benefits more than us. And that, that feeds a basic human need, I believe, of having a reason to, to get up, Mm -hmm. to get up, to do something to um, to help others. I think managers helping their team find purpose and the manager being the one who articulates, this is what this team does. This is the value this team has. And this is the effort we put into this purpose to everyone in the organization, to their leaders, to their people. That's often what a manager has to be and should be is the publicist. Yes. And I can see that as an expression of care too. And I love this thing that we're we're kind of working through because helping people find meaningful work and purpose is an expression of care for them. It is making sure that they are doing things that is worthy of their time that reflects that you know and understand who they are and what their strengths are. Going back to what you said about making people feel seen and understood. And it also amplifies and highlights that to other people in the organization. So I really love that. This has been just an amazing conversation. I love that we were able to talk first about how a manager cares for themselves and then extend that to their teams. Is there anything else, any other words of wisdom that you would share with our managers in that area? I think two things. I just want to reiterate something I said before. It's not complicated. It's being human. And while we as humans can be complex and confounding sometimes. We are such unique, beautiful beings that we need to stop and appreciate each other. And a team appreciating their manager is a very powerful thing. So as a manager, you're part of a team. Are you and your team reflecting back what you've learned from your leader and how they have helped your purpose personal and professional talk you get not only it's not talking down it's talking up that really makes the huge difference and i'll add just one last thing as i mentioned my doctoral research focused on emotional intelligence more than anything else what i understand manifests emotional intelligence and care is self-knowledge It's knowing who you are. And I would encourage every manager first, know thyself and the rest comes along. 
what are some of the best ways for them to do that? What do you recommend? If you could give managers one activity, one thing they should do immediately to begin better knowing and understanding themselves, what would that be? I would ask them to take a risk and ask each member of their team, what do I do for you? Am I doing what I need to do for you to feel accomplished, to feel recognized, to feel understood? It's a huge risk. I know there are some managers that will be hesitant to do that, but do that and you will receive a lot of input. And also I would, I would venture to say a lot of recognition and a lot of reassurance that you are, are doing a good job and the very best job you know how. And it's your team, it's your colleagues, it's your leader, it's your community, it's yourself who can fill in the gaps that you may discover. But take the risk, ask people, how am I doing? Absolutely love that. If people want to reach out to you, is LinkedIn the best way to do that? LinkedIn is certainly one way to do that. My direct email is hello at drpatbaxter.com. And there's also my website, Dr. Pat Baxter. And please stay in touch. And and I want you to know how much I was so excited to do this. (laughs) And that we connected again after all this time. You started off saying, you know, it's funny how the universe brings you back to people in your life. And I think we needed to connect at that time. And I'm glad we did. Oh, likewise. So am I. This has been such a joy and it's been a pleasure to reconnect with you and to learn from you and just share stories and talk about our common experiences. So I am, I am grateful to the universe for this one. On behalf of all the listeners, thank you for sharing your expertise with us and your experience. It has been an amazing, amazing journey. And again, if you're listening, I'm going to echo Dr. Pat's challenge to you. Take that risk, talk to your team, listen and and hear about what it is you do for them. And until next time, do take care of yourself and each other. Thanks for listening to Manager to Manager.